Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 134 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Ashley. Haley. And Nate. And we have an awesome episode for you today. We have some excellent news that we'll get to in our main discussion all about the Grammy nominations that were announced today. We got a lot of nominations for Taylor. There were lots of nominations for Kendrick Lamar and Ed Sheeran. Go Ed. And even people that Taylor has tweeted about and brought on stage this year. We will get to that a little bit later and discuss which categories she was nominated for and what our early thoughts and predictions are. But first, let's go back and look at some older tweets. The first one comes from December 6th of 2008. I feel like that might be one of the oldest tweets that she's ever had. It is. It has to be one of her first tweets. I think she made that Twitter in 2008. Well, this tweet said, and you can tell how old it is, uploading a new MySpace video. Stay tuned. <laughs> MySpace? That's one of my favorite things. I didn't even think I realized in my brain that twitter and myspace ever existed at the same time mm. is that weird it seems like such a different era 2008 myspace really was on the decline by then facebook is really catching on it was like that weird transition phase she probably got replies to this tweet like what's myspace yeah <laughs> you know it's funny because she had like four tweets like myspace video stay tuned like oh myspace video is uploading right now and then it was like, oh, the MySpace video is out. <laughs> it's like if you have to go to Twitter to announce that you're doing a MySpace video, maybe MySpace isn't the platform anymore. Isn't that relevant? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Best part is I have no idea what that MySpace video was. <laughs> <laughs> it was so unpopular that it just went away. <laughs> well, our next one is from December 6th, 2009. So exactly one year later. Taylor tweets, about to put on my official CSI cast and crew hoodie for the flight. You know, from my old days, playing a corpse and fighting crime. <laughs> this was like, what, just a couple weeks or months after she filmed it? Yeah. Her old days. She needs to be on one of those shows again. Yeah, she hasn't done TV in a while. I mean, the only thing was New Girl, and that was like a 15-second appearance. Yeah. I've been waiting and highly anticipating for her to be on SVU. She really should be. I mean, with the amount of attention from Mariska Hargitay that she gets, she has to. Has to. One of these days, I bet she will. Well, speaking of TV, the next one comes from November 30th of 2010. And she said, at a fun TV taping tonight, I watched a producer actually tell Grant to duck down because his hair was blocking camera angles. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> I can totally see that. I have a picture with him from like early 2012 and his hair, it almost would have to be described as an afro. It's not, but it's just like, <laughs> it's spiky, but it's so long. Like, I don't even understand how that happens. <laughs> just like straight rocker hairdo. Our next one comes from December 2nd, 2011. The premiere of the Hours music video is tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on E! Watch. Whoa. I love that video. I remember when that came out. I was really excited. I really liked that video. Mm. Yeah, it's such a fun video, and it's so different because you see her, like, in a completely normal job, just working in an office. Mm -hmm. My favorite part of that video will forever be she's wrestling with 
it's either like the copier, the fax machine or something. And then she like oh. leaves and comes right back and it's just gone. It's gone. <laughs> I love the guy in the elevator with the banana. <laughs> My favorite part's the water cooler guy. He's just like watching her as he fills up his little water cup. Yeah, and he blocks her from getting any. <laughs> She's like, are you serious? I love that video. I love the Easter eggs in that video too. Uh, we should have been extras in that video. I know. Heck. Well, the next one's from December 5th of 2012. Honored to also be nominated for two Grammys with the Civil Wars for Safe and Sound on the Hunger Games soundtrack, Unreal. And she ended up taking home one of those. And I held that Grammy in my hands. It was awesome. Little did you know. (laughs) Little did I know. So I'm standing in Taylor Swift's living room, and we're about to take a picture together. And I'm holding her Grammy, and... I stopped everything, and the girl's, like, counting down. I'm like, wait. I'm like, wait. What is this Grammy for? Sure enough, it was a safe and sound Grammy. I'm like, and I got real excited. I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I love this song. I totally saw you play this in Philly. And she's like, yeah, weird kid. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we took our picture, and I totally regret not telling her that I watched her win that on stage even. Like, I remember when she actually won that award, went up, accepted it, and got it. I totally whipped on that, and I really wanted to tell her that. I really wanted to tell her. I missed that opportunity. You mean that you didn't tell her that you saw her win it on TV? No, right. Mm -hmm. I still don't get it. I really wanted to tell her that I personally saw her win this award three years before. On TV. Just that he watched it. That I watched it. I saw it, yes. I I was there, Taylor, on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's probably good that you didn't. (laughs) <laughs> she'd be like okay cool weird kid no the point is that no <laughs> the point is that i would have been supporting her that long because at the time it had been already like three years since she had won that grammy so and i bet she would have said thank you for saying that thank you so much thank you for saying that you're so sweet like i know thank you Can I have more cookies <laughs> <laughs> So our next one comes from December 1st, 2014, and Taylor tweets, Wonder what I'll be singing at the VS Fashion Show tomorrow. And she tweets a picture of one of her Polaroids from 1989 that has lyrics from Blank Space on it. No, Taylor, I don't know what you're going to sing tomorrow. What could she possibly? (laughs) That was a great performance. That was her second time doing the fashion show, but it was just incredible. It was. I mean, yeah, she did a bang-up job. She did style, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she sang both of those, right? I think that was when I first got the idea in my head that there needed to be runway models on tour, which I ended up being right. Yeah, you predicted right. We're going to miss her at the fashion show this year. She's not going to be there. Oh, really? She's not going to be there? They already filmed it. Selena will be. Yeah, it was filmed about a week or two ago, and it's going to air on Tuesday the 8th, so tomorrow as of recording this. Taylor needs to be on that runway. You should tell her so that you could also tell her that you watched her on TV on the fashion show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a lot of cool news items this week, so let's get it kicked off with Keeping Up With Swift. Our first piece of news is Taylor is featured on the cover of Time Magazines, and it's the Year in Review 2015 issue. And the really cool thing about this is Taylor is the only musician to be featured. So that's pretty cool. Taylor recently spent one of her days off in Australia at a place called Movie World. And she was there with actress Blake Lively. 
and they took some selfies with a kangaroo and i think they went on some roller coasters and it sounds like they had a good time and i think a lot of people were kind of freaking out about this because blake lively is a pretty popular actress and i was very excited to see her hanging out with taylor why was she there at movie world i mean did she did taylor just like invite her and she flew out there or what maybe she's out there for a movie role or something i'm not sure she was already out in australia I'm not sure why she came out there originally, but she was at Taylor's Brisbane show just the night before they were hanging out. So pretty awesome that she came to support her. Our next piece of news is related to the show in Brisbane, which is that Taylor sang Mine as the secret song. And the reason she sang this was because there was a campaign on social media for her to sing it in honor of a girl named Rachel, who unfortunately had passed away in a car accident. And her friends were attending the show and were tweeting Taylor about how the song made them think of their friend. And she ended up playing it for them, which is really awesome. So our next bit of news, Taylor donated $50,000 to the Seattle Symphony Orchestra because she was inspired by One Ocean by John Luther Adams. And she said that the composition reminded her of going to her local symphony with her grandmother. And that's why she donated this money. So basically, she donated her, like, pocket change for the week. Yeah, pretty much, right? Yeah. Here, just take this. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, that's awesome. It's, mm-hmm. I love that, you know, obviously, Taylor makes more money than most other celebrities, and she donates at that scale, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at articles. I mean, she's clearing, you know, $8 million per show. You know, it's, I think 50000 she can fork over. But anyway, seriously, that's crazy. That's insane. Well, and like I was going to say, no small secret that Taylor's grandmother was an opera singer. So it's interesting. And I just like how Taylor chooses to support so many different causes. A lot of celebrities, I feel like, sort of just pick one and like that's their thing. But she really spreads it around and mm-hmm. and supports so many different great organizations. And I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's nice to see that she's putting money into not just music, but good music. So. Well, the 58th Grammy nominations were announced this morning, and Taylor has been nominated for seven Grammys. Yay! Go, Taylor! So with these seven Grammys, it makes a total of 27 nominations to date. And actually, I saw a statistic on Twitter that she is the most nominated female artist of the past decade. Oh my god. That's amazing. And we will detail those seven Grammy nominations shortly in our main discussion. But another cool piece of news, Taylor was named the most charitable celebrity of 2015. Obviously, we just talked about the Seattle Symphony Orchestra, so there's just one of the many, many, many examples of her being incredibly charitable. I really wonder if you added up not just charity she donated to, but just like she helps a lot of individuals too, like people when she's inspired by their stories, just how much in a given year she really donates because it's incredible. Well, the next piece of news is that Taylor played a special acoustic set at the Nova Red Room, which was for a radio station in Australia. And it was a short set, but it sounds really awesome. She played Blank Space on the guitar, Out of the Woods on piano. Wildest Dreams on guitar, and also Shake It Off on guitar. So other than 
Out of the Woods, which we got the piano version from the Grammy video, these are all versions of the songs that have never been really played publicly. I haven't heard any of these. I feel like Blank Space would be awesome in guitar. I mean, just listening to that bonus track and you get like a taste of it on, on you know, acoustic. I feel like that would be awesome. Same with Wildest Dreams, too. Well, fans who attended said that they were told that the performance is going to be online at some point. Woo! So I really hope that's true. I would love to hear that, especially Wildest Dreams on guitar, I feel like, will be incredible. And even Shake It Off acoustic, I've heard clips of that before from wherever, and it's, I mean... You take this huge pop number and then you strip it down to guitar and it's just as amazing. Well, in other Australia-related news, Taylor took her entire tour crew on vacation to Hamilton Island, which is pretty insane. I mean, she had all these pictures of it too, which which was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really nice of her to take her entire tour crew after all the work they did, you know, starting back in probably March or February when they started rehearsing for this and building the stage and then doing the first shows in May in Japan through the entire summer in the United States and Canada and then a little bit in Europe and they have just done so much and I'm sure she's so thankful for them and it's really cool what she did for them. And just to clarify, this is not just the people you see on stage. This was literally the entire crew, every single person that works on everything that the show needs to function. I think it's about 150 people, I think. That was a good way to do it. It makes sense now why when she did add a tour date for Japan, she did it at the beginning of the tour instead of at the end. She wanted that to be like the final destination for the tour. And let's wrap up the news with Taylor's upcoming calendar. Well, by the time this episode comes out, December 7th and 8th, she would have had shows in Adelaide, Australia at the Adelaide Entertainment Center. Then on December 10th, 11th, and 12th, she will be in Melbourne at the AAMI Park. And then December 13th is Taylor's birthday. And what else is happening on December 13th, guys? Live stream. It's Sunday. So we're going to remind you of all the details at the end of this episode and again throughout the week. But next Sunday, December 13th, in celebration of Taylor's birthday and the last tour show, we're going to be doing a live call-in episode. And we've done this once before, but basically it's a chance for us to talk to you guys and just have fun getting to know some of our listeners. We'll have a phone line that you can either call from an actual phone or you can also dial in from the computer. It's like an online conference call. And all of our hosts will be there. And we'll just be hanging out for an hour or two, taking calls, talking to you guys about whatever you want to talk about, tour memories, anything about Taylor. And we'll have trivia games for you to play. And also, we'll be announcing during the call the winner of our giveaway for the Shake It Off Christmas ornament that's been going on. And if you entered, which you should on our Twitter We'll announce the winner, and you'll have a few minutes to call us and claim your prize. So if you entered, you definitely want to be looking out for our tweet on Sunday. Well, we have a couple of mini-segments that were submitted. Our first one is from A. Saleta on Twitter. A kangaroo and a koala bear met Taylor Swift before me. I give up. Hashtag Swifty problems. I understand how that could be frustrating. And the 
other Swifty problem we have this week is from at Cotton Cash Cat on Twitter. I need to type the letters T-A-U over and over again in my code, and I keep typing Tay. Swifty problems. Well, we have a quite a bit of fashion this week, and Nate will kick off our first one. Booyah! Okay, so our first one, November 10th, 2015, Loft 89 in Shanghai. Um, Taylor ended up wearing an RVN long-sleeve lace print fit and flare dress. That was too easy. That was way too easy. You get a hard one next time. Yeah. <laughs> $450 for that one. Our next outfit comes from when she was at the kangaroo farm in Australia on December 5th. She was seen wearing her Kendra Scott Elise pendant necklace in platinum druzy for $65. I got that necklace. And Ashley got that necklace. It looks amazing on her, just as Taylor does in hers. It's so pretty. And then she was seen wearing her Brandy Melville Jenny tank top, and that's currently sold out. It seems like with her accessories, she always will have a bag or a necklace or something for, she'll have it every single day for like a few weeks, and then you never see it again. I wonder what she does with all of those clothes, accessories, everything. Well, because last year she had the 13 necklace, which I loved, and I ended up ordering, and then she never wore it again. She has to have everything sitting in this, like, master walk-in closet somewhere. I just know it. Our next one comes from Loft89 on December 5th in Brisbane, Australia. She was wearing an NBD Found Out crop top, $98, and also an NBD Found Out skirt, $128. I loved this outfit. This is one of my favorite Loft outfits that she's had. Yeah, NBD. pum <laughs> 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 pum pum <laughs> and also in Australia on December 3rd when she was doing the Hamilton Island concert for the Red Room that we talked about earlier she had a really awesome outfit that I loved she had on an Alexis Garner lace fringe romper which was $495 it was a really really pretty white romper and then with it she had on Prada halter strap peep toe sandals which are $735 and finally, our last one is, um, you can see Taylor, Taylor wearing this on vacation with the 1989 tour crew in some of her Hamilton Island pictures. This one's from December 1st. She wore an Alice and Olivia Otis Roll cuff button down, $253. Nailed it, by the way. Pronounced everything correctly. Too easy still. Way too easy. Taylor, you need to get some harder to pronounce outfits for Nate. Either that or I'm getting way better at this. I don't think so. No. <laughs> well, as always, thank you to Tay Swift Style for tracking down these outfits. And if you want more information and to see the pictures of some of them, go to TaySwiftStyle.com. But for now, let's move into our main discussion, which we mentioned before. Awesome, awesome news about the Grammy nominations. Taylor received seven nominations. And I'll let you know what they are, and then we'll go more in depth into each category. But they are Best Music Video for Bad Blood, Best Pop Duo Group Performance for Bad Blood, featuring Kendrick Lamar, Best Pop Solo Performance for Blank Space, Best Pop Vocal Album for 1989, and then th the three very, very big awards, the biggest ones of the night, and those are 
Song of the Year and Record of the Year, both for Blank Space. And the biggest one of them all, Album of the Year for 1989. Well, I think, if I may, start out by saying, I think, and this is not just me being a Swifty talking, this is me looking at, at the nominations. I think for Album of the Year, Taylor has it down for 1989. I think there is no way any of these other people could come anywhere close to her album for this category. So the other nominees for Album of the Year are Beauty Behind the Madness, which is by The Weeknd, Traveler by Chris Stapleton, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar, and Sound and Color by Alabama Shakes. I don't think any of those albums even come close to 1989. The success that it had, the, I mean, just the, on a lot of those tracks, you know, the lyrical depth just does not even come close. Well, you mentioned one thing, Nate, that actually doesn't apply, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but the Grammys do not take into account at all either album sales or chart performance. Neither one. I know. I feel like they they should at least, I don't know, at least take it some into consideration. I understand that's what the billboards are for, but even still, even still. I feel like it can be sort of misleading as a fan looking at this because my first impression, I totally agree with you. There's no way that 1989 could lose out to any of these other albums. But when I think about what happened with Red and Daft Punk, I didn't know anything about their album. I hadn't heard anything about them. I don't think I thought that any of the other people in the category with that were strong contenders either. And I just think it's really difficult to sort of see the nominees from the Grammy voters perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know who Def Punk was. I knew they were. I didn't really like their song. I still don't like their their song. Lucky. I don't know. I feel like she really got gypped on that one too. But it is what it is, I guess. But either way, I mean, I mean just look at these other albums. There's no I mean, they just don't even come close to the amount of impact that 1989 has. In my opinion, and this may not reflect the Grammy panel, but in my opinion, just seeing the enormity of success of this album alone and the idea that to award something album of the year, in my opinion, is to best reflect the impact that it had on culture of the day as its own like voting category, along with lyrical depth and composition and everything like that. So, which I, I think really, I mean, it just blows it out of the water. It has to, she has to win this one. That's That's my opinion. So I was talking to a friend of mine today who knows way more about music than I do, um, is a huge music fan of all different genres, and I asked him what he thought about the Album of the Year nominees, and he sent me a message back and said, do you want to know who I think will win or who should win? And I said, well, how about both if they're different, I guess? And he told me that Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly should win but he says that Taylor will win. Hmm. And just looking a little bit more at that album, To Pimp a Butterfly, I have not heard it. I don't know much about hip-hop music or rap music, but from what I've read online just today and looking at the ratings that the album got, it got five-star reviews from almost hmm. everybody, from you know the Chicago Tribune to Entertainment Weekly to The Guardian to The Observer to Rolling Stone. and I guess in that community, in the hip-hop music world, it is an unbelievable album that has received widespread acclaim and is culturally relevant. 
So I think it is a contender. So basically you're saying if you had to narrow it down to two, those would be up against each other. I think so, yes. I feel uninformed sometimes. There's only so many hours in a day and so much music I can listen to, and I really try and listen to a lot, but there's so many nominees that I'm just not familiar with, and I don't want to minimize them just because I don't know them and just because I love Taylor. I don't know. I just have such a love for 1989 that I want it to win everything, but I'm also worried that it won't. Hmm. I don't think The weekend has much of a chance. He's very popular, but... Yeah. And then you look at Chris Stapleton, and he just racked up tons of awards at, was it the CMAs recently? He did, yeah. You know, every so often there's an artist that sort of just comes onto the scene and automatically starts winning a ton, and I guess he'd been behind the scenes for many years writing songs for a lot of big artists, and now he's putting out more of his own stuff, and people seem to really love it. Well, what do you guys think about any of the other nominations? Record of the Year, Song of the Year? I mean, both of those for Flying Space. What do you guys think about that, given the contenders? Well, just to clarify, I don't know if everybody knows, Record of the Year and Song of the Year, they sound almost the same. But what the difference is, is that Record of the Year goes to the performer and the production of the song, so the actual song itself or the singing of it, whereas Song of the Year goes to the writers or the composition of the song. Mm -hmm. So looking first at record of the year, which is for the performance of the song, the other nominees are Really Love by D'Angelo and the Vanguard, Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars, Thinking Out Loud, Ed Sheeran, Blank Space, and Can't Feel My Face, The Weeknd. I'm so torn in this category. I think Ed deserves to win this one record of the year thinking out loud you know i was saying this to nate before we recorded this episode i love ed i think ed should win every award that exists however i think and it's probably an unpopular opinion that thinking out loud has become a very overrated song especially in award nominations we were discussing songs of ed's that we liked better to be fair photograph for instance i don't think that gets enough recognition as much as it should anyway I don't think it does, and I think that Thinking Out Loud is a nice song. You know, it's a love song, which obviously a lot of people are going to like and relate to, but I don't think it showcases his best, deepest songwriting, or vocals for that matter. He has some good vocals in there. He does. He had some high notes. I guess just, I don't know, I think about all the high notes that he can hit and the loop pedal and his rap skills and just I feel like there's just so much of Ed that just the song doesn't capture well I think again the weekend is out I don't think he's gonna win this (laughs) watch me be wrong on both these he wins both but you have to sort of look at how many nominees he has or how many nominations he has that's true yeah he has uh seven which is the same number as Taylor which is second behind Kendrick who has 11 I think sometimes someone being new or new-ish can help them a lot. Like, The weekend is fairly new, and sometimes I feel like the only reason why Taylor's lost out on certain awards, not even just at the Grammys, but in general, is because people feel like she's gotten enough. That's true, which is unfortunate. 
And also, sort of like what I was just saying about Ed, while of course I would be very happy if Taylor or Ed won, I just don't think blank space is necessarily Grammy worthy. Be careful what you say. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it will win record of the year and song of the year. I think it might win one. And if I were to pick, I would pick song of the year over record of the year just because of its writing. I agree. And think about this. It's not that it's very similar, but Taylor won a Grammy for Mean. And if she wins a Grammy for Blank Space, it's true. those would be two songs that were written about the media. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's true. Yeah. Song of the Year, I mean, I think in general, I think, you know, Martin and Shellback definitely deserve to be recognized. Not that they aren't, but I think for the song especially, they need to be. I think it it better fits for Blank Space for Song of the Year. So the other nominees for Song of the Year are All Right by Kendrick Lamar, and he was a co-writer on that, along with Pharrell Williams, Blank Space, Girl Crush from Little Big Town, See You Again, Wiz Khalifa featuring Charlie Puth, and Thinking Out Loud, written by Ed Sheeran and Amy Wage. I think that if Blank Space does not win, that See You Again, Wiz Khalifa will win. I'd agree with that. Yeah, it was a huge song. I do really like the lyrics of it. I feel like it's a it's an important song, um, just based in its meaning. So I could definitely see that. Like I mentioned, I don't know the song by Kendrick Lamar, All Right. Uh, and then Girl Crush, of course, is a good song. became very popular, but don't think it's necessarily song of the year worthy. So out of the big three awards, what do you guys say? How many does she get? And which ones? One. You think just one? Yeah. Album? Yeah. I think two of the big three. I think album and song. Haley? I'm going to say two. Album and song? Yeah. And I think I'm going to agree with that as well. I hope you guys are right. Mostly, I'm just concerned about her winning album of the year I really want her to win because it still bothers me that she thinks and she said recently that losing album of the year for red made her think less of red as an album I just felt like that was really unfortunate yeah that really is just because you don't win an award for it at least you got recognized for it I mean that shouldn't detract from it at all well moving on to her other nominations We have Best Pop Solo Performance, and that's for Blank Space. The other nominees are Heartbreak Song by Kelly Clarkson, Love Me Like You Do, Ellie Goulding, Thinking Out Loud, Ed Sheeran, and Can't Feel My Face, The Weeknd. So a lot of repeats there, well, with Ed in The Weeknd. Well, we know that they're not going to give Taylor seven Grammys, so... Yeah, (laughs) as much as we would like it. Yeah, some of these other ones, you got to think, are going to go to some other artists. I don't see her seeing this one. You don't see her winning this one? No. Which one do you think takes it? Love Me Like You Do is really pretty big. Yeah. Either Love Me Like You Do or Can't Feel My Face. I just shake, I'm just shaking my head right now. I can't feel my face. I just don't like that song. I just don't like it. Can I add an asterisk and say that if either of those wins, Taylor should get like half the Grammy for bringing those people up as a guest? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. It's like cut it in half. She should get some sort of royalty. It's like a mini Grammy to send in the mail. <laughs> okay. 
And then there's the award for Best Pop Duo Group Performance. And Taylor is nominated for Bad Blood with Kendrick Lamar. And the other nominees are Ship to Wreck, Florence and the Machine, Sugar, Maroon 5, Uptown Funk, Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars, and See You Again, Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth. And I read something funny on Twitter, and I just wanted to mention it because it would be funny. We all know about how the rumors are that Bad Blood is about Katy Perry. What if they had her announce this award, and then she goes, and the winner is Bad Blood. Oh, hey, that's about me. <laughs> Wait, is she, is, is Katy Perry, I mean, is she announcing this? I mean, is she doing the nominations, the award? No, no, I was just saying it would be funny if she was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be actually hilarious. I'm not sure for a pop duo group performance who I would say will win. If Bad Blood does win, I would say that's probably due to Kendrick's appeal. Mm-hmm. I think if See You Again doesn't win Song of the Year, or any nomination for that matter, I think it would win Pop Duo Performance. I don't know. It's tough to say on this one. This one's so... Because, I mean, you have you have nominations like Florence and the Machine, Ship Direct, like, you know, Uptown Funk, you know, kind of, I don't know. They weren't as to the forefront, I guess. I'd be surprised, too, if Maroon 5 won something, but I don't know. That's my opinion. Well, moving on to Best Pop Vocal Album. We have 1989, Taylor Swift. Piece by Piece, Kelly Clarkson. How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful, Florence and the Machine. Uptown Special, Mark Ronson. And Before This World, James Taylor. Before this nomination, I didn't even know James Taylor was still putting out music. Me either. That's actually really cool. I actually really want to listen to this album now. Well, if all of our predictions are right that she wins Album of the Year, I think she could also win Best Pop Vocal Album. So I think Taylor gets this one. You think so? I do. I could see it. I think so. I think compared to other categories, this one is not as strong. In the the other categories that we've talked about, there are a lot stronger contenders. And of course, those are some good albums there, but I don't think any of them compares to 1989. Well, when I think about just like vocal vocals in general, when I think about 1989, and though there were some powerful vocals that she had, especially like in, you know, her live performances, I mean, you know, it just blows you away. But I think, and I haven't heard Kelly Clarkson's album, I don't know, piece by piece. In general, just what I know about Kelly Clarkson, she does have a very powerful, just very powerful vocals in, in all of her songs. On top of that, Florence and the Machine in that same style, more like an epic kind of style. Just very powerful vocals. I'm not sure. I don't know if 1989 would take this. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. <laughs> no, I agree. I listen to a lot of Kelly Clarkson. Her vocal strength is really well. Mm-hmm. So if they're going by vocals and not like mm-hmm. lyrics and stuff like this, I could totally see Kelly taking it. I want her on the show so I can tell her that I watched her on American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> did you know American Idol is finally coming to an end? I did know that. I just saw that uh, the other day, as a matter of fact. Yeah, surprisingly. I mean, it's been, what, uh, like 15 years, hasn't it? Yeah, it might be like 13 or 14, yeah. Yeah, so I think it was like early 2000s. I know when it started, like first season. Well, and the last nomination that Taylor has is for Best Music Video for Bad Blood. And the other... Nominees are LSD by ASAP Rocky, I Feel Love Every Million Miles by The Dead Weather, 
All Right by Kendrick Lamar, and Freedom by Pharrell. So Kendrick gets two out of those five nominations. That's pretty cool. I've only seen Bad Blood, so I'm not sure how the other videos stack up against against Bad Blood. I really don't. But I do know Bad Blood had a ton, a ton of production value. The one thing I wonder about, and I have no idea how Grammy voters vote or what their influence is for this category, but yes, like it had so much production value. It was maybe too over the top, if you know what I mean. It could be. I think that was the point of the video, though, to be over the top. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that translates well enough, but like I said, I haven't seen any of the other videos, so I'm not sure really how well Taylor fares in this category. I think bottom line, I think she's guaranteed two Grammys of the seven categories we talked about. Guaranteed two, and then whatever else comes after that. Now, of all these seven categories, which ones do you think they'll do off screen? Because they number these, they number all of the categories, basically. I think it's like and I don't know how many they put on, but I know like number 82, best music video. I mean, I know that one's going to be, you know, off screen or at least, you know, in the pre-Grammy award show. So I was going to say, because I can't remember them doing music video live on the air. No, I think it's really only the top, like, I want to say 20 might even be a stretch. So yeah, that might be a stretch. Like they'll be the top three album record and song. I don't think they'll do best duo group performance. I don't know if they'll do pop vocal album. I would say they might do pop solo performance. So I'm thinking that, you know, you have the three big ones and then maybe one other, but the other ones will probably be announced before the show or after or during the show, however they do it. That's always such a bummer if she wins off screen. Yeah. At least there's normally video of it if you don't watch it live. Yes, there usually is. Even the off screen awards, they have the little press area where you accept the award and talk about it for a minute Mm. oh and one last thing to mention and that's the other the fourth big award which taylor can obviously not be a winner of uh, and that is best new artist and the best new artist nominees this year are courtney barnett james bay sam hunt tori kelly and megan trainer ashley and i were talking about this before we got on the episode i'm adamant and i think this is what's going to happen I'm like almost a thousand percent that Megan Trainor is going to win that win that one, but I think, and I agree with Ashley, I think Tori Kelly should win that award. I don't know. Sam Hunt though is also a pretty good contender, but I don't know. I feel like Megan Trainor is just going to take that one. But as I was saying, I don't feel like she's new, and I'm confused why she's in the new category. Yeah, I mean she has been around a while. She has a few songs on the radio though. It's like I mean she just got pretty big pretty fast, so. Yeah, I don't know the eligibility requirements, but obviously 1989 came out 14 months ago, and it's eligible for this Grammys just based Mm -hmm. on the scheduling. But yeah, I mean, I have to agree just based on how big she is. I think she'll win that. So yeah, even though Megan Trainor has been around a while, All About the Bass came out in 2014 as a single. She only had an EP come out in 2014. She didn't have a full-length CD until the beginning of this year. Loophole. I guess that makes sense, and it's probably just because of how overplayed her songs are. I feel like I've been hearing her for, like, five years. Oh, I know, yeah. All about that bass, especially. Yeah, she got had an extended... Well, she had a full length of her EP of the same name 
come out in February, it looks like. Well, I'm severely biased in this category, and I really would be so happy if Tori Kelly won. I hope so. I mean, I have not been to her show, but you have, and you've told us, and just from seeing her performances on TV and on YouTube, she is amazing. She has the literal voice of an angel. But we will see. The Grammys will be about a little over two months from now. Uh, They changed and are now going to be on a Monday night instead of a Sunday night. So that will be new. And they will be on February 15th. So we're looking forward to that. But we wanted to give you guys a few reminders before we go. And also let us know what you think about the Grammy nominations. How many think Taylor will win? If you think she's going to get album of the year or if you think somebody like Kendrick Lamar will swipe in and take it from her like Daft Punk did in 2013 but we'll see so just to remind you guys on Sunday December 13th we will be having our live call-in episode so if you're a listener and you want to chat with us just follow our Twitter at swiftcast13 there you will see a link to our conference call you'll just have to click on it and then it'll take you to our conference call website and there it will give you instructions on if you want to either call in using your phone it'll give you a phone number and a pin or if you want to call in using the microphone that is built into your computer you can do that as well and if you want to take down the phone number right now so you're prepared you can call us at area code 716 two nine three six two six one and it'll ask you for a pin and then that is eight five four nine nine so that's how you can call with just your regular phone if you don't want to use the computer and we're going to be taking calls starting at i think about eight eastern so you can call us and we'll have the line open and we're excited to talk to you guys win free stuff play trivia with us do it Yeah, so that will be 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern or 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific. Or if you are not in the United States, just type in those numbers um, into Google to figure out what time that might be for you. But you can follow us on Twitter at SwiftCast13. You can visit our Tumblr, swiftcast13.tumblr.com, instagram.com slash theswiftcast13, facebook.com slash theswiftcast. You can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. And finally, you can visit our website, swiftcast13.com. And our website there has all of our episodes listed. So if you're looking on iTunes, it will only show the last 100. So if you wanted to go back and listen to very old episodes, you can certainly do that. Just visit our website. Finally, just a reminder to press subscribe on iTunes, and therefore it will automatically download the latest episode for you. And you don't have to do anything. It'll pop up right on your phone. So to wrap up this week, what do you guys think Taylor will do next week? I think she's going to have a birthday. (laughs) What Uh makes you say that? (laughs) She wrote that one, either Tumblr post or Twitter comment, I don't know where it was, that she seemed to mention that she wanted to keep it low-key this year. So we'll see. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I'm not sure. I think that was her subtle way of telling the paparazzi to back off. She does have a show on the 12th in Australia, so then she'll probably travel back to the U.S., I'm guessing, after that show. So maybe she'll be back in L.A. or New York for her birthday, but 
we'll have to see what she does. She gets so excited for her birthday. There's no way she's going to have a low-key birthday. There's no way, unless somebody's throwing her a surprise party. Probably, Ed. Oh, no, Taylor, I can't go to Australia. Sorry, you need to come back home. (laughs) (laughs) I think at one of her remaining Australian shows this week, before it's all over, she's going to have one last special guest. Yeah, there hasn't been any for Australia so far, so that would be awesome to get one last final one. Kendrick Lamar. Boom! (laughs) Mind blown. Kendrick, Jack Antonoff, and Ed in one show. And Ed. <laughs> Trifecta. <laughs> Ryan Adams. Boom. <laughs> and my prediction, it's kind of a joking one, but hey, it could happen, is that on her birthday, on December 13th, she will tweet, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 26. Ah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just. I don't get what that's referencing. I. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week on episode 135, which will be our special call-in episode. If you'd like to hear yourself on next week's episode, give us a call on December 13th and follow our Twitter so that you can join in. But for now, this has been episode 134, and this is Adam, Ashley, Haley. And Nate. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Later. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.